Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. I'll tell you, one of my favorite guests um, in doing this show over the course of the last three years is rapidly becoming one of my uh, favorite people because not only is she uh, just a, a fountain of information, not only is she able to talk about anything, and not only is she willing to uh, come in studio at these ungodly hours, but she also has uh, such an incredibly positive energy that is, to be honest, totally infectious. I'm very, very pleased to welcome back uh, to the show Dana Michelle, attorney, television personality, and uh, the founder of the Homecoming Challenge. Dana, it's great to see you again. It's great to be back. You changed your hair, though, since last time you, you got to switch it up. You, you got to keep them guessing. You got to keep it fresh. So, some people have said I should do something about this gray streak in my hair. Where, where, where do think, you come down I think on it that? gives you character. Thank you. I need something to give me does character. Does your lady like it? I think she does, yeah. Enough said. She hasn't used the word character in a sentence with me for quite some time, <laughs> but uh, I, think she does, uh, I think she does like it. Hey, um, you are uh, just a fascinating person. You're doing a lot of things. We're trying to uh, touch base on as many of the things you're doing as possible. You do a show called Dana Being Dana. Yes, right? it's if on... You, it's yeah. on Naperville Community Television, so I come in from Chicago. I come all the way to be here because you know why? You're my favorite host. Thank you. That's very, very kind the of you. The feeling I, I is mutual. That. No, it's awesome. So um, th- my show is about bringing people together. I think that we live in a society that is so polarizing, and people focus on differences. And my show focuses on differences in a positive way because it brings people together through common topics. Um, the current episode is about matchmaking. Mm. It's about love, relationships, dating, and we tell the story of two couples who met through a matchmaker. Um, and she was someone who's introduced me to the guy that I'm seeing now, who's amazing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's it's the whole spirit and the positive positivity of matchmaking. One of the things that um, we've seen in recent years is that younger people, people really under the age of 25 – they're not dating as much as their predecessors were. And different people have attributed this to uh, different things. But uh, a lot of people say it's because there are kind of no communal spaces. You can't really go to a, 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 I don't know, wherever people go, a rotary club or a bowling league. They're used to self-amusing with their technology, with their uh, being alone. Uh, COVID was isolating in many different ways. And I think some of the benefits and the positivities of dating – the old-fashioned way is really, you know, getting to know people, getting to meet people. Um, on the episode, I talk about this, too, about being able to set people up. You know, a matchmaker doesn't necessarily have to be someone who's professional. Mm. Um, but if you put it out there, someone out there knows that you're single, you're available, you're looking, and um, connects you with somebody. You know, the old-fashioned, hey, I got a friend. I got somebody to meet you with. You know, how, how many people go on blind dates anymore? I think I think we should bring... Some of those things back and connecting people because um, it's been a great experience. The um, One of the things that people have raised also is that in an era where so many people rely on online dating, either through these apps or websites, is that 
only about uh, 20% of the male population, if we're talking heterosexual couples, only about 20% of the male population is really considered dateable by the female population because of, uh, you know, they're, they're being more picky yeah. because of education requirements, uh, income range, uh, looks, height, weight, that kind of a thing. And it leaves a lot of these, you know, young men that are in this online dating pool without any dates and people wonder and certainly I wonder about what the implications are for the future of society where that happens you know i think online dating is it's it's a tool it's it's if you use it intentionally it's merely just a mechanism to meet people right you're busy you've got a lot of things going on uh you get on it's a way to meet people and swipe and and keep it moving if you're not interested but but actually take it from whatever app you're on um and i've tried apps before too and then move it to a personal interaction. You never know what the vibe is like until you actually sit down and meet someone. So it's not, to me, it's not about the personal profile and what you say. Although I think the pictures of people in the gym, you know, are a little old. I, I'm, I'm hopeful. That's ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> Kenneth, our telephone talent coordinator, does that. He, 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 he's po- big he posts with these... g- gym photos? Yeah, yeah. Are no, they big hits? And, no, are we, uh, are uh, we getting uh, swipes? He says no. <laughs> he says no. But he's still doing it for, for whatever reason. But I think, I think. I think the key is the old fashioned uh, energy of you meet somebody, you know, online or you see somebody online, but you get to meet them in person. Hey, let's get on the phone. Let's take it to the phone. Let's meet in a safe place, you know, grab a cup of coffee or a drink um, and have a conversation. See what see what it's really like to get to know each other. So um, your kind of the, the key takeaway from your experience is matchmaker even if it's not necessarily a conventional matchmaker, good online dating, okay as a tool, but you should incorporate some elements of old school dating as well. Yeah, I mean, I think you can meet people online. It's just you, what I like about matchmaking, and and we talk about this on the episode, is the intentionality. You know, when you've you've paid a matchmaker, you, um, you know, have put it out there financially at least that you are interested. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you're interested in getting married, um, but it means that you're interested in really finding someone. I think a lot of people are out here just to play, just to meet someone. People get on these apps with various intentions. Some people just want a sexual relationship. Mm-hmm. Some people want friendship. Some people want companionship. Some people want multiple partners and friends and all that kind of stuff, too. So it's a little bit tougher to determine what people's motivations really are. Um, the show is Dana being Dana. The host is Dana Michelle. If people want to see that and they're not in the Chicago area, yeah. is there a way for them to see that yeah, online? Yeah, it's Naperville Community Television, um, uh, N-A-P-E-R-V-I-L-L-E, Community Television, nctv17.org. And uh, if people follow uh, Dana on social media, they could search uh, Dana being Dana, for instance, on on Facebook, uh, on Facebook and, and Instagram. And there's a lot of great links on there. Yep. But um, it's going well for you with this matchmaker and this fellow you're with now. Huh? Yeah, yeah, he's great. He's here right now. Um, and uh, it's been really good. I think it's the intentionality. Has been good. He's a great communicator. Um, I think he's a really great guy. Now, the last time you were here, you you were talking about you know some difficult things you were going through, and you mentioned your kids, and they were very empathetic to what you were going through, willing to you know pitch in, make sacrifices if need be. Yeah, that's all done now. How does it work? You know, in term in your experience, and, and my parents are divorced, so you know I know it from a child's perspective. But how does it work when you're trying to build a romantic relationship while also being, you know, a parent? A parent. I think um, 
And and my opinion may be a bit unconventional because I think some people think, you know, I'm not going to start dating until I uh, get my kids out of the house or until they're gone. I think it's important um, for my children, especially my kids. I'm black, black children, you know, but all kids really to, to see your parents in healthy relationships. I think it's important for your children to experience um Watching healthy relationships, watching people be in love, watching people be affectionate, kind to one another, considerate to one another, because it serves as a role model and an example, even if it's not their biological parents, um, both of them. um, I think it's important for them to understand, particularly when you're explaining divorce to children, sometimes relationships don't work out. It's not their fault. Um, but everybody deserves a chance to be happy. And I think one problem that a lot of people make in the dating world is that they make their children substitutes for their relationships Mm -hmm. and their Mm -hmm. lack of relationship. I call it the husband or wife substitute. Um, Your little man or your favorite girl um, who are your children. It's, It's important to love your children, but I think having the proper place of letting children be children letting them make friends and relationships and form their own communities, as we talked about, with people their age versus trying to force your kids to replace relationships or voids in your adult life. Uh, Talking with uh, Dana Michelle, uh, you can check her out online at uh, Dana Being Dana on Facebook, on YouTube, and on on Instagram. Understanding what you're saying about the importance for children, especially black children, Mm -hmm. to see healthy relationships – is there a danger, though, if you're not necessarily sure about a fella in introducing your children to a fella yeah. too quickly? I mean, he could be polite, could be nice. You had a couple of nice dates, but you're not necessarily sure that you're going to be, you know, an item in perpetuity. Yeah, that's How true. do you decide when to introduce your children to someone you're dating? It depends when the when the feeling is right. Um, I have been divorced since 2015, and um, my kids have met people that I've been in exclusive, serious relationships with. So not many people, uh, but I think it's important to introduce children when you feel comfortable. I think it's a personal decision. I would vote for sooner rather than later. I think one thing people do is they overthink the introduction Mm -hmm. piece. Think about how many people your kids meet just regularly. They meet strangers. They meet friends. You're on the train. You're at church. You're in the library. You're at a concert. And you can really set it up to be just that initially and see how things take off. I think the compatibility is important. I think that has been something that I've struggled with in my dating life is finding somebody who's actually compatible with me and all the things that I do and who I am. Um, And part of that compatibility check is, are you compatible with my kids? You know, do you get along well with my kids? Do I get along with your kids? Can you really do what they call the blended family situation And you need to know that sooner rather than later. I think it's important for children when you're dating after divorce. And we've got some episodes about dating and relationships. And and, um, we have people on this current episode who have been divorced and are dating with children. Uh, uh, It's important to, to determine is there compatibility there with the adults? Does everybody get along? Are we all, you know, kind of happy together? It's important for children to know that they are a part of this. I don't want my kids to know, to think that uh, my dating relationship um, has nothing to do with them. Cause I want them to understand that they are a part of my future. I'm not replacing. Um, they're not being replaced with someone in my, in my personal, in my love life. Um, they're, they're invited into that. We share these experiences together. 
um, they're gain they're gaining another male figure um, in their life who can positively impact them. Sometimes relationships don't go so well, and that is certainly the case with uh, Drew Peterson and his wife. I, I have not seen. Uh, I don't even know if it's aired yet, but the episode that you've done uh, dealing with the Drew Peterson case, a lot of people may remember this. You actually interviewed uh, Norma Peterson, yes. the sister-in-law yes. of of Drew Peterson. Uh, this is a, t- a case that got not just national attention, but but international attention. Very strong feelings all the way around. But uh, Drew Peterson, now a convicted murderer. Uh, formerly a police sergeant who was found guilty in the murder of his third wife. A lot of questions about his previous relationships as well. What was the uh, focus of your discussion with his sister-in-law, Norma? So we talked about, and she's fantastic. Um, It's both Kathleen Savio, who is his third wife, and his fourth wife, Stacey Peterson, is still missing. Um, And we believe that there was some sort of foul play, um, you know, Done, right, done a lot by of Drew. Yeah, a lot that. of people right. believe that, of course. Um, the, we did an episode back in 2022, January of 2022, which was um, uh, the anniversary uh, of Stacy's disappearance. Uh, that's actually in October. I'm sorry. We did it in 2022, which is the anniversary of her birthday. And um, uh, there we talked about what, and, and I uh, shout out to Norma Peterson because she has truly turned a family tra- tragedy into a positive thing by trying to help victims of domestic violence. Um, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. And so the episode that um, we taped yesterday will air in honor of that oh, great. In, a, in a couple of weeks. But in 2022, we talked about the evidentiary, evidentiary abuse affidavit. And what it is, is that it's something that can be used in court. Um, if someone is experiencing abuse, they can go to documenttheabuse.com, documenttheabuse.com, where they can... Um, create a journal. It's an online digital journal that's private. If you go to the website, there's a button that you can hit that completely wipes it from your computer, uh, which is very useful so that if someone's uh, abusing you um, and they uh, are are monitoring your movements, so they walk into the room, what are you doing, Frank? Mm -hmm. You know, you can click the button and it all goes away. But you can document things that happen because when people are being abused, sometimes those instances muddle together. Somebody hurts you, you know, on Monday, you forgive them. They hurt you on Tuesday, you know, uh, you forgive them. They say it takes seven times for someone to be abused before they even really consider leaving. And when you use the term abuse, uh, and it may take seven times before you consider leaving, are you, does that apply to both physical and non-physical abuse? Yes, there's different, um, I think I think in, in the statistics, they, they're, they're more focused on physical abuse. But what I've experienced, and people reach out to me just simply because I'm a lawyer. Um, they also know that I'm divorced. I've been very public about being divorced and post-decree um, situations that I have to deal with. Uh, so they ask, you know, where can I find a lawyer? Um, can you help me with an order of protection? Um, I have a friend who's going through this. Where should I what, – what resources can I give to them? The evidentiary abuse affidavit is a resource. Also in DuPage County, what they're doing, and this is what this current episode is about, uh, is they're putting together, they have a QR code that keeps all of that information in one place that you can keep and use later. So if Hmm. you need an order of protection, if you need assistance in court, if you need counseling for um, a survivor of domestic abuse and their their children, um, they do all of that 
free services, shelter, there's a crisis hotline, um, whatever you need, really, there are free services all at this QR code that um, they want to make accessible to victims of domestic violence. What has happened in the past, what we typically do around the country, is they have tear, tear sheets. So when a police officer is called to a domestic scene, um, they, they evaluate the scene, make arrests if necessary, but they give the caller or the victim what they rip off a tear sheet that has a piece of paper with a bunch of links to different uh, websites. That paper gets lost. It gets forgotten. Keep in mind, it's a very highly stressful situation. Oh, yeah, I can imagine. You know, that, that's happening. And so to get a, get a you know, a, a post-it or a piece of paper that has a bunch of links on it that can get lost, oftentimes um, when the perpetrator comes back into the home or the, the, the situation de-escalates, um, he, he, he or she will take that paper or hide it or destroy it. Uh, the QR code can be kept in a safe place. It can be revisited later, and the links are live. So it'll take you right to websites, oh. right to resources. Um, and this is going not only to police officers, but hospitals, bathrooms, schools, libraries, and other public places. They're moving it out and rolling it out in a very public way. Well, that's great. And that's uh, what the episode is all about that, and really talking about um, – the importance of it. That's terrific. I'll uh, look forward to checking that out. You gave a, a shout out to Norma Peterson. I want to uh, give a shout out as well to uh, Stacy Marie Klein, who's a, a, a public relations guru who was kind enough to uh, introduce introduce us and uh, yeah. make sure you're on uh, my radar screen. She and I owe her big time for that because I you owe really have become uh, one of my favorite people Thank to you. talk to uh, on the radio. I imagine, obviously, that uh, being the survivor of a domestic violence situation, it's a very difficult situation to cope with and to deal with, especially if there are children involved. A lot of people may have difficulty coping with other things, maybe the death of a loved one, maybe Mm -hmm. uh, being alone. Even the death of a pet can be very difficult. Maybe uh, health problems you're, you're having yourself. I know you've done a lot of uh, a lot of shows on coping strategies for life these days in general. That's the next episode in November. Well, so what? Give us a pro tip. Uh, don't make us wait till November. Give yeah, us a tip or two tip. for coping strategies for people that are struggling with anything. I think, I think honesty, being transparent with yourself, being honest with yourself. I can't do it anymore. I'm tired. Um, I'm worn out. I what my theory for this episode, um, you know, and we didn't tape it because we were dealing with. Um, some mental health issues of some of the people involved, uh, not on the episode, but associated with um, where we're taping. Mental health is there's and even when you're looking at the news, just people are people are killing like just some of the gun violence that's happening. Just some of the things that are out there, um, especially in a place like Chicago. Yeah, right? <laughs> well, New York too. Yeah. Other places. We're holding our own. We're holding our own. <laughs> but I think people are struggling out there. And peop- and it's hard, and I think that we're not coping like we used to. I think pre-COVID, I think I think the dynamics have changed. I think there've been life has been upended in many ways, and as a result, I think people are really struggling. So I think truly being honest with yourself when you when you fall short or when you can't. The last time I was on here, I was talking about um, I had just gotten notice. That I would be laid off right. from That's my what job. I was ask you about it. Yeah. How's that going? It's uh, well, I got a new job. Mm-hmm. I was actually unemployed for about two months. Um, I started a new job um, back in May, and it has been incredible. It's been great. Somebody told me, you know, in the in the valley of things, uh, 
that I will land, I will find a job, um, and it's going to be better than it was before. And in many ways it is. You don't really see that when you're in that valley, when you're in that hard time. But that was one of the times in my life that I was very transparent. I posted about it. I talked about it. And um, I was very open and honest with myself, with my children, um, about about what we were going through. Um, I had never experienced that before. I don't necessarily want to experience it again. But it was a learning thing. And I think being honest with myself made it bearable. I think it was inspiring to other people, which was not necessarily my goal. But I think being more honest with the struggles that we're going through and being, I think my tip is ask for help. You'd be surprised at how many people will respond to you Mm -hmm. positively if you can be honest with what it is you're going through. I posted about being laid off um, because I felt bad not only for myself, but for the 10 other people who got laid off with me. My whole U.S. team um, got laid off at the same time. And I wanted every and everybody landed. I landed in May. Everybody on my team, all 10 of us landed by july so we, we got terrific like, yeah it's That's great. great and everybody's off doing other things and we're all very busy it's tough being new at a new place um, but i'm grateful to be where i am and um, i enjoy the work i find it very interesting and engaging but i think leveraging that network you mentioned stacy and and shouts out to her again because i met her online um and hearing about her legacy and history in the radio space and i just truly admire that and I think women don't support women enough. And that's why I always run a thing on Wednesdays to, to support other women and just give a shout out to the things that they're doing because I think people work really hard and should be recognized. Um, just even with what we call your, your public roses, just a shout out. Um, and so thank you to Stacy because she connected me with you and it's that power of networking, that value of networking. And she said, you know, how can I be helpful? And I said, you know, I'm really trying to get the word out about the things that I'm doing and um, just giving, getting more eyeballs on the television show because it's a local nonprofit station. Um, and I just have a message. I'm very passionate about this message of spreading some positivity. People who don't look alike, who don't pray to the same God, who don't love the same gender of people, um, but finding ways to connect and be kind to one another, be supportive of one another. Um, and not tearing each other down like we do so much. I think that's what leads to so many uh, conflicts around our world, uh, and I just want to be part of the positivity to change that. Uh, talking with uh, Dana Michelle, her show is uh, Dana Being Dana. She's also the founder of something called the Homecoming Challenge, which we'll tell you about in a minute. Since last time you were here, the uh, Supreme Court has uh, largely struck down affirmative action when it comes to many different college admissions. It's it's an oversimplification of the case, but that's kind of the broad strokes of it. Uh, you have done a lot of work with uh, alumni and with college students and with people applying to college. How has that Supreme Court case kind of changed the game in terms of college admissions? What does someone, either a parent or a student themselves, who's applying to college now need to know? I think, and we did an episode about this uh, on college admissions, I think the biggest takeaway, and and shout out to my friends uh, Tim Fields and Shereem Herndon-Brown, who wrote a a book on um, a guide to college admissions. I think the biggest takeaway um, that I got from that was Although you can't specify race and specifically call it out, you can talk about, you know, your background. You can tell your story. 
And it's, again, back along the, tr- the lines of transparency. I hope these kids, they're so busy telling their stories on TikTok. You know, when you are applying for college, tell your story. You know, talk about um, the struggles that you've overcome. Uh, they've done so much. You know, my kids are more tech savvy than I was ever at that age. Um, use some of that, that stuff to your advantage. And, and you can be transparent in who you are, where you're from, what you've experienced. And I think... You know, if there is a race component to that, it will come out, I think, in your story. Jane and Michelle, it is uh, always a treat to talk with you. Before we let you go, the homecoming challenge for yes. people that have not uh, heard us talk about it before. Give us the Reader's Digest version yeah. of what the, what that is. It's when you go back, give back. Anytime you go back to your alma mater, um, we focus on college, but some people have taken it to high school um, which is uh, or other places. But you go back, you give back. You surprise students. Uh, we suggest going back to your freshman dorm, knocking on the door and telling them, hey, my name is Frank. X number of years ago, I used to be in this room. Mm. Um, you know, I'm doing all these amazing things now. I'm a, I'm a radio personality. I'm a dad. Um, I've got a great hairstyle. Um, and all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you give them a little bit of cash. You tell them about yourself because I think you'd be you're a rock star right now. Um, but you're an even bigger rock star to these young kids. And it's an opportunity to influence a younger generation. Did you see the story of this mother and daughter who happened to be given the exact same dorm room in the same residence hall, 33 years apart? No. It's really interesting. What school is that? Uh, Miami University in Ohio. Oh, that's Ohio. pretty cool. It's yeah, really that's, interesting. It's, so. it's, and that's a, a lot of what it's all about. It may not be the same uh, family, but people through the Homecoming Challenge have realized they're from the same hometown. They have the same major. Um, ironically, when I go back to my dorm room, my freshman dorm room, Almost every year, there's been someone from Chicago, the Chicago land so area, funny. which is so cool. Yeah. And so we stay connected. I still, the, the girls that I first surprised in 2017, one um, is finishing medical school in South Carolina. The other one graduated last year with her master's degree in marketing from Vanderbilt University. So keeping in touch with these ladies um, and staying in touch with them being a positive influence for them and another resource for them is what it's really all about. Yeah, Dana, it is always a treat to talk with you. Uh, People should check out Dana being Dana. It's on YouTube and uh, she's on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Always you. happy and to be here. You're going to have to give us a review of how New York pizza compares to Chicago pizza. I mean, is there a question? That's the, that's the easiest question tonight. <laughs> what, what is the Chicago answer? pizza, deep dish. Deep dish. You all, go to deep all, dish. All, all, all the time. All, all the way. All right. I'm going to send you to a couple of thin crust places <laughs> that I think you may like. Thank you very much. Uh, Dana Michelle, if you want to comment on any portion of our conversation, you can do so. 800-848-9222. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.